Modern. 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 We're prepping for a voyage. Modern. The force of an old-fashioned equals whiskey mass times bitters acceleration. Why don't you make that a double? Modern Bar Cart. What's shaking, cocktail fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Bar Cart Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Kozlik, and today I wanted to share something that's been on my mind quite a bit lately, and that is the topic of batched cocktails. This week, Modern Bar Cart is partnering with WeWork for a very special event at their new location on H Street here in Washington, D.C., where we'll be providing the cocktails for about 300 people, and that is no small feat. If you remember back to our mailbag episode a couple weeks ago, we got a question about batched cocktails for eh, 20 to 30 people, but this particular event that we're working is at least one order of magnitude beyond that. And as I was planning these cocktail recipes and thinking about all the logistics necessary for 300 people, to walk into a beautifully curated space and enjoy a well-made drink, I started making mental notes of all the little tips and tricks I could offer to home bartenders who are also looking to entertain a fairly large group. Now, there are obviously some things about my operation that give me an edge over someone who's doing this at home. For example, I get my citrus delivered to a commercial kitchen by the case and I have access to a large juicer that helps me burn through those lemons and limes in record time. But the nice thing is, when you look at efficiencies and economies of scale at a professional level, you can usually dissect a specific technical solution and pull out a few simple principles that apply universally across situations, even at the home level. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. But first... I want to give you the chance to make yourself a drink. And I thought, what better way to get excited about batched cocktails than by giving you an example of one of the custom drinks I'm scaling for WeWork this week. Now, the theme of the WeWork Apollo's launch party is old-timey movies. And so I took the concept of the classic film, Some Like It Hot, and turned that into a hot old-fashioned using one of the products we just launched here at Modern Bar Cart, Hot by Sly, which is a cinnamon chili syrup. Very interesting. So this drink is made just like an old-fashioned. I take a mixing glass with ice, and I add two ounces of whiskey, a half ounce of Hot by Sly, which is that syrup, and several healthy dashes of embitterment aromatic bitters. And I mix that all up and serve it over ice with an orange twist. And man, is it good. And the nice thing about using a syrup in an old-fashioned as opposed to the traditional sugar cube is that you get a more evenly mixed drink, and you don't have to worry about any undissolved sugar kind of affecting the cocktail as the ice melts and transforming the flavor of the drink in ways that you can't control. And a flavored syrup, like Hot by Sly, also has the added advantage of flair, so it's a fun, easy way to impress your guests. Of course, You can make your own cinnamon chili syrup at home. It's not that hard, but you can also grab it from our website very soon here. As soon as we build up our inventory to satisfy all the grocery specialty retail customers here in the D.C. metro area, we'll bring it to their shelves first. And as soon as they've got it, I'm going to pop it right on e-commerce. So be sure to follow us on social media and look out for Sly Syrups to hit the e-commerce section of modernbarcart.com sometime in the next few weeks. That said, let's turn our attention to the tips and tricks 
that will help you become a batched cocktail guru. We're going to start out with the concept of your batched cocktail here. Now, I remember a few years ago, I was teaching English composition and rhetoric at the University of Maryland in College Park, and one of the first rhetoric lessons in the curriculum was about something called the rhetorical situation. And this was represented and kind of visualized by a triangle. And here's basically what was being triangulated. At one corner of the triangle was the writer or speaker. At another corner, we had the audience. And at the third corner was the text or information being conveyed. Basically, the point is that if you're creating something like an argument or a piece of art, or in this situation, a cocktail, it's really important to think about your audience and what they want to get out of this end product or what you want them to get out of it. In my situation with the large event this week, the concept I'm trying to fulfill is pretty clear. My clients are asking for an old-timey movie theme, and so that's the concept I use to start inventing my batched cocktails. But maybe in your case, the situation is going to be a little less clear. Let's consider this common scenario. Maybe your spouse, a friend, a family member decides to host a party and they request that you be responsible for the cocktails. That's about it. And maybe they give you a rough head count, some vague info, but mostly you're just expected to come up with something amazing out of thin air. What do you do? Well, there's one aspect that I kind of intentionally left out of that rhetorical triangle concept earlier, and that is context. And in the triangle, context sits right in the middle between the speaker or writer and the audience and the text. And that context kind of mediating between those three corners of the triangle is what generates meaning. What do I mean by that? Well, if you think about the occasion for enjoying a batched cocktail, it's usually in a specific place with a specific group of people. So the first question is, why are these people gathering in this place? That's a piece of context that can help inform your cocktail concept. Let's say the place is a new home and the party is a housewarming party. And that's the occasion. And the guests are all people from the neighborhood who probably know each other, but maybe they don't know the hosts very well. In this case, one way to go about building the batch cocktail might be to find ingredients that represent where the hosts are from or maybe what they like so that as their new neighbors enjoy the drink, they can learn about the hosts and they can talk about maybe things they have in common. It's a great way for people to get to know each other. You know, maybe the husband's from New Jersey, so you use Laird's Applejack, which has been produced there for a long time. Maybe the wife is from a very traditional Italian family, so Italian sweet vermouth or Amaro gets thrown into a mix. And to me, that sounds like the beginnings of a really delicious cocktail. So you start gaining a little bit of traction with your ideas when you start considering the context of what's going on. Other pieces of context you can use to inspire your drinks are things like the time of year, which allows for seasonal flavors, always good to discuss and uh, you know interesting to consider on your palate uh, since they're usually available only during that season. It makes them interesting because they're rare. Or maybe even current events, which offers the chance for interesting cocktail names, funny puns, things like that. Good conversation pieces. I remember a couple years ago, I collaborated with a local beverage director to do an entire cocktail menu based on National Poetry Month that focused on various poetic movements from the oral tradition to French surrealism to slam poetry. And I'll make sure that I link to 
that in the show notes so you can check out the various connections that we made between poetry, which is kind of abstract, and flavor, which is obviously very concrete and involves very specific ingredients. Ultimately, the world is a pure ball of context. You can focus in on pretty much anything and come up with a drink concept. The important thing, though, is that you start out with something to tie your ingredients together and communicate something to your guests. That thing can be as simple as, hey, I like Negronis, and you should too, or as nuanced and controversial as the latest political counterculture or current event. The important thing is to have a concept, have something to say to your audience through flavor. That's the best advice I have. After you got the concept, we get to the part where you actually have to do some math. And let me be the first to say that I hate math. I'm not good at it. It hurts my head. But because of that, I've come up with an easy way to scale cocktail recipes using a spreadsheet. So to start out here, you're going to need to establish a few things. One, the cocktail recipe, and you need that broken down by ingredient. Two, got to get the number of people who are expected to attend and importantly take part in cocktail drinking you know don't need to worry about the kids don't need to worry about the pets you just need the number of cocktail drinkers that's an important number and then you're also going to need the number of drinks per person and here it's very important to consider how people are getting to your event and how they'll get home safely that's kind of a way that you as a host can you know project your care onto your guests by, you know, making sure that, you know, no one's going to be driving or, you know, wanting to drive after they had too much to drink. And then finally, you're also going to want budgetary constraints. So if there's a ceiling on your price, you need to establish that right off the bat. So once you've got those four pieces of information, here's what you do. You convert your cocktail recipe from ounces to milliliters, which is how most bottles of spirits are sold and measured. 750 milliliter bottles are common, and then if you're getting handles, that is 1.75 liters or 1,750 milliliters. So once you convert from ounces to milliliters, you multiply your cocktail measurements by the number of drinks you need to make total. And the way you calculate that is you just multiply your headcount times drinks per person. So if you've got 10 people and you want those people to have between two and three cocktails per person, then I would multiply 10 times 2.5. And so the number of drinks I need to make there total is 25. So once you combine all of those measurements and you get your headcount and your ultimate cocktail count, you're gonna have a figure that's likely in the hundreds or thousands of milliliters. And so what you do then is you divide that measurement by 750 or 1750 if you're going to be purchasing handles of liquor instead of regular bottles. And that will give you some whole number with a decimal on the end usually. And if you're being conservative, all you got to do is round that up to the next highest number and you know exactly how many units of each ingredient you need to purchase. I know this sounds really complicated. I'm, I'm kind of explaining a bunch of calculations using words, which is usually not the way it's done. And it's all easy for me to visualize because I've done it a lot of times. But if you go to the show notes at modernbarcart.com forward slash podcast, I'm going to include some visuals from my past spreadsheets in the show notes so that you can follow along and make your own cocktail batching sheets. But the important thing, again, start with your recipe, start with your number of people, the number of drinks you're going to make, and ultimately 
you're going to figure out how many bottles of each thing you need to purchase to make that total recipe. And of course, you can also sub in things like lime juice. And, you know, if you listen to our citrus episode, there's good tips there on how to calculate how many ounces of juice uh, you're going to get out of an individual citrus fruit. So definitely check that out. Once you've got your recipe set and your ingredients purchased, it's time to start thinking about the logistics of the event and how you're going to get this cocktail batched. And here there are three important aspects to consider. Transformation, timing, and service. Starting with transformation, you need to think about how you get your drink from its raw ingredients to the end product. And not only does this mean potentially juicing a lot of citrus and combining a lot of liquid ingredients, but it also means measuring and chilling, which may require large capacity measuring cups or fridge space or ice. So before you start, walk through the process in your head and gather all the tools you'll need to make it happen. Bowls, strainers, ice, citrus presses, measuring cups, everything. This is basically equivalent to a restaurant industry term called mise en place, which is French for everything put in its place. And the value here is that if you assemble all your tools and ingredients ahead of time, you leave out the potential for surprises, which makes for an easier, faster process, more consistent service, and less mistakes. The same concept applies to large format cocktails. The last thing you want to realize half an hour before the guests arrive is that you don't have any ice or you didn't juice enough limes. So that's the transformation aspect. Moving on to timing, it's crucial that you know when and how you're combining various ingredients, when and how you're going to go through the individual steps of that transformation. If the cocktail is meant to be topped with sparkling water, for example, does this happen when you serve each individual cocktail or are you going to add the water all at once to the entire batch right before you start serving? Obvious pros and cons to each approach. Dilution is also something to think about here. Do you want to chill the cocktail down quickly with ice, which will melt and dilute the drink, or do you want to make it several hours beforehand and let it chill down in the refrigerator before the guests arrive? Again, the answer here all depends on the strength and flavor profile you're going for. So not only do you want to do your mental mise en place, but you also want to incorporate a timing and execution aspect that choreographs when you'll be doing certain tasks and making those transformations. Finally, you want to think about how you're going to get this cocktail from its batched state and into your guests' hands. This will require, of course, glassware or plasticware of some sort, but also a means of service. Will you be serving your guests or will they be self-serving? Will they want or need ice in their glass? What about garnishes? Do you need to make those ahead of time or is that just too complicated for this particular event? These are all important things to consider because the way the drink is served contributes as much to the context of the drink, the overall experience, as the flavors you use to make the cocktail. And the most successful batch cocktails provide a consistent and thoughtfully executed experience to guests, which, as you can see, is a lot of work. So, a lot of details from measurements to spreadsheets to concept work, but that, in a nutshell, is the way I go about building an experience around a batched cocktail, which is really just an exercise in scale. Now, unlike me, you might not be making drinks for 300 people, but think about it this way instead. You know how you feel when you drink a really nice cocktail you've made for yourself in your own home? What would it take 
to scale that experience so that a room full of friends could experience it as well. When you start out with that intention, then with enough planning, all the details are going to fall into place. Uh, I'll leave you off with a couple of good resources here to help you on the technical side of things. Um, one place that I like to start is David Wondrich's book, Punch, which contains a lot of great large format recipes. And it also gives a helpful way to think about converting different units of measurement. And then our Barkhart Foundations episodes on citrus and ice, which you can find by visiting modernbarkhart.com forward slash podcasts, also give a lot of very technical tips and tricks on how to manipulate those two important cocktail ingredients, which are probably the two most important sidekicks to the spirit when you're batching cocktails for a large number of guests. Of course, if you've got any questions, just give us a yell at podcast at modernbarcart.com or go ahead and tag us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. So right now I'm off to start juicing a ton of citrus for this event, but I hope this was a helpful guide to help you start thinking about how to batch cocktails for your own purposes. And I look forward to seeing you next week where we've got some more excellent interview content lined up for you here. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. I just want to remind you that this episode might be over, but the journey and the discussion are just beginning. If you're excited about the content in this or any other episode, please tell us. Follow us on Instagram at Modern Bar Cart for recipes and great product tips, or stalk me personally at Quixologist. That's Q-U-I-X-ologist. You can also like us on Facebook by searching Modern Bar Cart or hit us up directly via email by sending a note to podcast at modernbarcart.com. That email address, by the way, is also the one that you should use if you've got any cocktail or home bartending related questions you'd like us to address, or if you think you have a unique perspective on the cocktail world and would like to be interviewed for all to hear. I'll see you next time, but until then, drink responsibly and experiment boldly.